listeners, I'm Yuita Muniandi, organizing committee planning of Speak Up at Isaac in Sunway. And who do we have here? It's Nicholas. Nicholas, want to introduce yourself? Hello, I am Nicholas. I am a volunteer from the Speak Up program. Today, I will be co-hosting this podcast along with Yuita. Hi, Nicholas. Okay, so Isaac in Sunway is here with our speaker partners and volunteers. So what do you know? We are back here with an interesting topic, the real definition and the importance of quality education. Without further ado, let's introduce our guest speakers, Brandon Lim and Vivian. So guys, are you ready? Please introduce yourself, Brandon and Vivian. Yeah, I think I can introduce myself first, so... Hi guys, it's nice to meet you all. I'm Brandon Lim. I'm part of the organizing committee for the Speak Up project. And I'm really excited to be here. Okay, and hi everyone, I'm Vivian and I'm a volunteer for the Speak Up program. And I'm really excited to be sharing this episode with you guys. So hi Vivian and Brandon. Before we begin, Brandon, you're a part yes. of Isaac and Speak Up team. We would like you to give a brief introduction on Isaac in Sunway and about SpeakUp. So Isaac is a non-profit youth organization. And what we do around Sunway is that we try to help provide a different kind of platform or a different kind of education towards the youth here. And we also run many other different projects that just benefit the people that live in Bandar Sunway. And we constantly try strive to do our best for them, right? And the SpeakUp project is one of the projects they are, we're running for two schools around the Sunway area. And the Speak Up project is all about giving them the opportunity to hopefully ignite their passion in coding, right? We teach basic Scratch and any other coding languages. And we also teach them personal development skills that might make them be more confident in their English proficiency skills. That's pretty much a summary of what we're doing. That's great. Thank you so much, Brendan. And now, Vivian. You're a part of SpeakUp team as well, and you're a local virtual volunteer, right? How about sharing your experience with SpeakUp team and in Isaac? Okay, so far for me, I think I've really enjoyed this program, and I find it to be a very fulfilling journey. You know, we are actually teaching students how to do coding, which they actually don't have that in their curriculum in schools. We can teach them personal development skills, such as presentation skills. Although there are times when we can be really busy with preparing with workshops and planning, overall, I think I'm really glad that I've spent my time by joining this program during this MCO. Thank you, Vivian. That's a wonderful sharing. Now, Vivian, I have a question for you. What are the soft skills in the 21st century that students should have to increase their employability? So in my opinion, like what I've known is that information literacy is actually very important. So you may wonder what information literacy is. It's actually the ability to understand figures, statistics, and data. In this like modern era, data are no longer presented in boring sentences with a bunch of numbers. For example, the daily COVID case numbers that we look at every day, is it presented in like long, boring sentences? No, right? We actually see figures and diagrams that highlight the important information. So using this example, you can actually see that we have adapted the use of figures and statistical tools to help better analyze and present data so that it's easier to be understood by the general public. 
And talking about all this COVID news, right, it's been almost one year now that we've actually been relying on social media such as Facebook to get latest updates about this pandemic. And for example, our parents, they are of older generation, they actually like to share news via WhatsApp or WeChat or these like platforms online. But how do we actually identify fake news from facts? So when we are presented with so much information on the internet, it is actually our job as the internet users to evaluate this information by using our research skills or our critical thinking skills to differentiate facts from false news. So this is why information literacy is becoming a very important soft skills for the 21st century. Thank you so much, Vivian. That's very informative of you. And now, Brandon, how about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think another skill that's very important is media literacy, right? So media literacy is the idea of interpreting different types of media and what kind of message or learnings that we can actually gain from them. Right. So we have to understand that in the 21st century, information is widely available on the internet, right? But we also have to understand that different news outlets that present you know, to us the news, uh, the different media outlets, all have different biases, right? Especially when we're talking about socio-political articles. So it's important to understand what kind of messages we can gain from them. So in order to, so we also have to have our own opinion, right? It's important to formulate your own thoughts so that we're not easily swayed by these types of, I would say, predatory media or a very different type of biased media. So choosing a reliable news outlet is also very crucial, right? You should choose a reliable news outlet that you can enjoy and you should stick with it, right? And you should use this platform to keep up on news around the world and your local news as well, right? It's always important to be aware of the things that are happening around your own community and even around your nation and even across the borders internationally, right? And that's why you need both a reliable news outlet and being able to interpret media right, based on your own skills, right? So with that being said, it's also important to think critically about the information that we are constantly consuming, right? We're living in the age of information. So it's important that we use this information on the daily to formulate our own opinion, especially in regards to certain topics and events, right? So ultimately, don't think like, don't think like a robot. You have to critically think and you have to also be somewhat an opinionated person, but also formulate that opinion based on facts, right? Skills like this, like media literacy, is very important moving forward, especially in the modern age of information and technology. Thank you so much, Brandon. It's true what Vivian and Brandon say is true. Information can come in different ways, especially in media. So before clicking a news uh, please identify whether it's fake news or real news because facts are everywhere, but we may not have the ability to identify whether it's true or not. So rely on, rely on the resources that you guys trust, for example, Star News or something. Uh, keep, it, keep that uh, resource and if it's reliable, you can always rely on the message, whatever they're providing there. So thank you so much, Vivian and Brandon. So let's move on to the next question. What is your definition of quality education that is suitable for the 21st century? May I have Brandon? Yeah. So I think my personal definition of quality education would be a system that is more fluid rather than static, right? It has to be constantly changing. So it has to be a very dynamic system, right? It has to be able to meet the change and demands of the 21st century and not be restrictive to the students underneath the system. It should always be open to changes and also the process of changing Right, should also be easy and not complicated. Vivian? 
So I actually agree with what Brandon said about how quality education should not be static and it should always be evolving. So actually when you think about it, right, in the past, how people actually define quality education may just be teaching students how to read, write and do some simple maths. But as this time changes, all these skills have evolved into basic knowledge that everyone should have. So providing students with this rudimentary knowledge is no longer categorized as quality education. So we can actually no longer rely on past education system to groom our students into active and productive members in our society. So back to the question where uh, we are in the 21st century, STEM skills and basic computer skills have actually become essential knowledge for students in order to be able to you know, compete and adapt in this digital era. And one more point that I would like to add is with more resources and technology available, students in rural areas or have lower socioeconomic backgrounds, these are the students that actually don't have access to quality education back in the past. But with all these uh, resources and technology available, they should be able to access all this quality education so that one day they can actually break out of the poverty cycle and live a better life. Thank you so much, Vivian and Brandon. It's really true and it's very informative. The information that you guys are provided is really informative, I would say. So compared to our parents' generation and now the generation we're living in, it's very different. Technology is evolving uh, day by day. And of course, like Vivian mentioned, one day the people who are living in rural areas will have the chance to be exposed to technical skills. And of course, the employability rate will increase in sooner days or years. So let's pass this session to Nicholas. So Nicholas, are you ready? It's time for you to shine bright. Okay, so yeah, I think Vivian and Brandon made some really good points on the definition of uh, education. So uh, moving on to the next question, uh, uh, do you think that it is possible to deliver quality education for students, especially during this pandemic season. Uh, maybe Vivian, you can answer us. So for me, since um, education during this pandemic situation is heavily dependent on online learning, so that's where you actually need resources such as the internet or um, computer devices, laptops, to able to 100% be able to access all these resources that teachers or the government has put online. But as I mentioned, so students from rural areas or lower socioeconomic backgrounds, I find that they are actually struggling to keep up with their classes. This is because many of them, they don't have these resources such as internet or devices. We often see um, news such as um, students from rural areas, they are maybe living in places that don't have internet access, they're actually missing out on a lot of their classes because it can be due to really poor internet access or they don't even have uh, the electronic devices such as laptop or computers to attend their online classes. And one more thing is that when we think of online learning, especially during this pandemic season, it actually doesn't only apply to high school or college or uni students, which we all are right now. It actually also applies to kindergarten or 
primary school students. So for them, I don't think it's a very ideal learning way for them because young students are dependent learners and they usually need physical guidance from teachers in order to you know, fully access and fully able to learn all the resources that they are given. For example, uh, such as this uh, pandemic situation, maybe all these young students, they need guidance from their parents or any of their relatives to go through these materials online to be able to access these online materials. And since these young students are dependent learners, they may not be able to adhere to the timetable that are given to them online. So maybe young students won't be able to benefit as much in online learning. And lastly, I think one important point that a lot of people will be able to relate to is that for online learning, you don't actually get to have hands-on practical session, which is actually a very important skill, especially for science students where we need to access labs in order to you know, develop our lab skills. And for high school students, they are actually missing out on a lot of kamahiran um, hidup, like life skills stuff that will be useful to them in the future. So for me, I think that online learning may not be effective, especially towards certain age groups. So what do you think, Brendan? I, I think that on the other hand, I would advocate that online learning can actually be effective, right? So I think one of the, the first factor being that it's a lot on your own pace, right? It's self-paced learning. We are not, or students are not restricted to, you know, the regular six hours of continuous schooling, right? Like typical education systems. They're able to take breaks when necessary. And, they're, you know, they're able to make changes to their own schedule and when they wish, right? So I think that it's in the best interest for them to be able to work around their own pace, to be able to work on their own style of learning, right? I think what happens usually in regular education systems where we just have like six hours of continuous work and studying is that they often forget what they're learning, right? And they often don't really take note of it, right? And when you come back, when, you go, when these students go back home after six hours and they're tired, they don't bother to continue learning sometimes, right? And I think that's very detrimental, and I think that overall, it requires a, it does require a lot of self-discipline, yes. But I think that overall, those who are managed to find that self-discipline in online learning can actually perform more effectively, especially when we're looking at high school teenagers, right? And if we're talking about learning on, this, on their own pace as well, I think we can understand that lessons are often recorded, right? And then they're stored somewhere so that these students can actually watch it back multiple times. If we think back to the traditional classroom, students are actually unable to watch back like a recording because they're not traditionally recorded. And it sometimes bothers the whole class or the teacher's schedule, own schedule might be disrupted if the student tries to ask a question. But with online learning, this is very, very different. But of course, it's also important to remember, right, that online learning can be also extra effective because a different student will learn at a different style and a different pace. So I think it's important that the education system compensates for these students, right? It's also, I think, important to remember that because we are, uh, these students are learning online, right, there are much, much more resources available than the school facility can typically provide, right? If we think to the school facility, like in the context of physical learning, right, these students can perhaps access their library, they can access the com maybe the computers at school, and they can access their physical textbooks. But if, if they were to do online learning, right, it's much more effective because they have the entire internet to, like, to their disposal, right, to find information and to explore whatever, you know, like homework they have or whatever answers they need, right, it is all there for them, right. But 
in even in physical in physical class, students aren't typically allowed to have their phones or computers. So if they have any questions, right, any lingering questions, it has to go to the teacher, right? But if we were to put this in a context of online learning, they could have their an question answered almost immediately through the power of the internet, right? Ultimately, I I believe that online learning can be much much more effective when used properly, right? Especially when we consider that this is the age of, you know, the digital information and technology. So I think it's important that online learning can be given a try and that it can be effective. Okay, thank you to both Vivian and Brandon for that insightful sharing. Uh, first of all, I want to touch on some of the Vivian's point. Uh, I really like uh, when you talk about how kindergarten uh, students need more physical guidance and physical touch. I definitely very much agree with that because in order for uh, children, especially the younger age children to have a holistic childhood development, they need the physical guidance, they need the person to be present in their life so that they have a role model to look up to. So yeah, I, I really like that point of yours. I think that's a really good point. Uh, so yeah, for Brandon, uh, one point that I really like is the one you touched on where, where students are not forced into a six hours of learning kind of system, kind of like the one that uh, Malaysia has right now. So when they when they are able to take, take breaks on their own and learn things on their own pace, they will definitely be able to do better and learn things more effectively. Okay, so to follow up on that question, uh, there are definitely both agreement and disagreement to whether uh, online learning is effective or not. So to follow up, I want to ask you guys, how can the education system be improved to cater to this pandemic situation in the future? What can we do about it if uh, currently online learning is maybe not as effective as uh, Vivian has said and is quite effective as Brandon has said? So how can we improve it? Okay, so one thing that I find during this pandemic teachers, especially like maybe high school teachers, they have actually um, explored more. They have uh, actually used uh, virtual and interactive online platform to provide information and resources to their students. So with using these online platforms, you can have different types of virtual resources such as YouTube visits, such as YouTube videos, or interactive platforms such as Kahoot. So all these interactive platforms can actually be a more fun and interactive way for students to learn. So it's not a typical uh, classroom experience whereby it's just the teachers teaching and the students just sitting back there and listening. So by using all these interactive platforms, you can actually trigger fun and motivation to learn in children, especially those that are young ones because they may have a shorter attention span so they can actually use these interactive platforms to keep their attentions focused on class. And one more thing that I think the Malaysian education system can further improve is by changing the way that our exams take place such as um, back then we have our SPM. So SPM is more of a memorizing kind of way of um, learning. So when we are on, in this pandemic, we can't have physical examinations. So many unis or colleges have actually transitioned into um, providing e-exams to their students. So by providing this e-exams platform, we can actually promote critical and creative thinking, especially if you 
implement e-exams from a younger age, you can start to train how the young students can create, uh, critically and creatively think. So what about you, Brandon? Yeah, I think I'm going to make a quick point that I think it's important for us to conduct, uh, for the education system, to conduct workshops for teachers that allow them to pick up on technical skills, right? Such as setting up virtual classrooms and using online platforms. As we slowly transition into the age of technology, right, and information, it is important that, you know, the teachers in our education system actually understand how to teach online. It's not only about the students sometimes and how they can learn online, but it's also about the teaching. So I think that's the point that I'd like to make. Hey, um, thank you to Vivian and Brandon. Uh, yeah, as you have mentioned, Vivian, uh, if we uh, in the uh, moving forward, if we have more interactive platforms such as YouTube videos and Kahoot for students to learn, it will definitely be more effective. It is definitely a more effective way of learning. And as for Brandon, I like that you touch on the teacher's aspect of education because most of the time when we uh, looking at educations, we often neglect the teachers part of it. We often look at students and how can they how can they improve and look at the whole education system and how it can improve. We often neglect the teachers aspect of it. I really uh, agree with your point that teachers have to evolve as well to get together uh, along the education system. Okay, so to wrap, to wrap things up, I will do a quick recap on what we have talked about in this episode. We have talked about the soft skills required to increase students' employability in the 21st century. Secondly, uh, Vivian and Brandon have both shared about their own definition of what quality education in, 20, in the 21st century should look like. Thirdly, uh, whether, whether they think that online learning currently is effective or not. And lastly, uh, what how, how can the improvement, how can the education system be improved to cater to this pandemic situation in the future? Okay, on that note, we are running out of time. So thank you guys for listening in to episode one of the podcast titled The Real Definition of Quality Education. Thank you.